0: There's two separate readings tonight. The first one is from John ten, verses seven to wait, no, sorry I right on my hand. Seven to eighteen. <laughs> Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And the next reading is from Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness,
1: Just just thought you'd get a shorter sermon if I wrote it on my hand, wouldn't you? That's what I need to do. There we go. Um, Good evening. Um, If I've not met you before, um, you're here for the first time. My name's Eleanor, and I'm the associate vicar. I've been here three and a half months. So I actually, for students particularly, if you're returning, I I apologise that it it was quite... I was very, very new when you were last here, probably. So um, please just... uh, I apologise if I think you're new because everyone's new to me. (laughs) Uh, Let's pray before we go any further. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you uh, for your word, and thank you for in that reading um, about the Good Shepherd there, that we were reminded that we can hear your voice. And I pray that as we um, look at these uh, passages, and as we think of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, that we would hear your voice this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you are um, here for the first time or you've just returned, we've just done a little mini-series, really, looking at those words from Jesus in John 14, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you can't remember them, they are actually right up there above the arch. Um, So hopefully we will never uh, forget them. They are there, written in stone. But I have to say, it's always really good when uh, the Archbishop of of Canterbury and the Queen give you your opening uh, lines for your sermon. Because this is what the Archbishop of Canterbury said in the Queen's funeral on Monday. He said these words, Christ rose from the dead and offers life to all, abundant life now and life with God in eternity. We're thinking about life tonight, so I could just leave it like that, and I could have written that on my hand actually, thinking about it, couldn't I? That would have been a really good summary, but I'm sorry about that. We've got a little bit more to think about. Um, those words from the Archbishop of Canterbury's uh, sermon at the Queen's funeral. And um, I thought he did a brilliant job. Just 500 words. And he um, produced something that just made us think. And he, he spoke to, what is it, 4 billion people? That is just incredible, isn't it? And let's pray we know the Bible says that his words, God's words don't return empty. Let's pray that those words don't return empty. As I said, we have thought in the last few weeks about Jesus' words, that he is the way, the way to the Father, the way to live life, that he is the truth, um, Andy described Jesus as the logo of God last week, I love that, and that of course he is the life, and that's what we're thinking about today. And in their queen's funeral, we were reminded of those words from John 14, which the queen chose. And and actually, one of the good things is that that's really good. It reminds us that, you know, we've got royal approval for looking at these words. So our focus today, Jesus said, I am the life. And if Jesus is the life, then of course that means that it's in him we find the life. And if it's in him that we find life, then what we see in his life is surely really important and a way for us to live now and a way for us to see what life is about and looks like and will look like. And there is so much that we could say on this whole subject. Because if you look in John's gospel at the the I am sayings that that Jesus says, um, a lot of them have something to do with life. In fact, all of them have something to do with life, but some of them are very specific. And Jesus says things like, I am the bread of life, or I am the light of life. Have a look. When you get home, have a look at those I am sayings um, scattered throughout John's gospel. And then, of course, we can look right back to the beginning, can't we? We can look right back to the beginning of Genesis, um, where we see that God himself is the author, the source of life. And if that is the case, then surely that suggests that the best way to live life and to know life is through the one who gives life and lives it. Why wouldn't we live God's way if he is the one that has authored it and created it? So this evening, we're going to think about four ways um, that we can think about life um, through uh, those passages we looked at. And we're going to think about what um, Jesus shows us about ourselves, and about how we live our lives, but also what we can learn in terms of um, who Jesus is and what it means for us. And I've gone old school this evening. I've got four points, and um, they spell the word life. That's my level this evening. Um, Actually, the five words, because one I couldn't think of one word for. Um, And so I'm going to tell you what those words are now, because I know if you're anything like me, you'll be thinking about what they're going to be. So if I tell you them now, you won't be doing that. And those words are loving service, fullness, eternity. I've missed one. That doesn't spell life, does it? Loving service, intimacy. There we go, missed a vowel. Uh, Fullness and eternity. We're going to think about those in turn. So let's think, firstly, about loving service. Um, A couple of uh, more lines from the Archbishop's sermon. He said this, Jesus, who in our reading does not tell his disciples how to follow, but who to follow, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Her late majesty's example was not set through her position or her ambition, but through whom she followed. I love that. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And, of course, the Archbishop went on to talk about um, the Queen's service of the nation, a service of the Commonwealth. And, in fact, he used the phrase loving service. And whatever you think, whether we should have a royal family, whether we shouldn't, whatever you think of the royal family, it is pretty clear, isn't it, that the Queen lived a life of service, a life of loving service. And it's pretty clear when we look at her life, and particularly in the last Um, few years, that she did this because of who she followed, Jesus, her saviour. And she's a great example to all of us in this. She's a great example of loving service. And as I was thinking about what it means when we think about Jesus being the life, I was really struck when I started thinking about his life of his service, his servanthood. Jesus is the embodiment of life. And what we see in Jesus is a life of loving service. From his washing his disciples' feet, for example, um, for the way he um, handed his mother over to his best friend as he was dying on the cross, to him opening his arms of love on the cross. All of those beautiful examples Of service. And of course, our reading from Philippians 2 showed us that, showed us that Jesus took the very nature of a servant, that he didn't come um, lording over everyone else. He didn't come um, acting high and mighty or asking for special privileges or barging in front of anyone else. (coughs) Far from it. He was born like one of us. And he was born with humility and he lived a life of servanthood. So if Jesus is the life, how he lived his life is important. Not just for how uh, we look at him, but also about how we live our lives. Living a life which serves others. And that's not a cop-out. Philippians 2 says that we should have the same mindset as Jesus. The same mindset, the way we think about things, the way we act, the way we deliberate stuff. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 20, that'll be on the screen. He said this, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Those words actually were read at the funeral as well. So Jesus came to serve. The one who embodies life, the one who is life, lived a life of service. So that's a pretty good indicator, isn't it, that that's what we should be doing, living lives of service, serving others, serving Jesus. I read this phrase in a blog this week. And the way we serve God through the week is by reflecting God's love humbly serving others. As Luther apparently said, God does not need your good works, but your neighbour does. It's good, isn't it? God doesn't need your good works. He doesn't. But your neighbour does. That's a challenge, isn't it? God doesn't need those good deeds, but our neighbours do. And so living a life that is about Jesus, living Jesus' life, is about the embodiment of him, about service. I wonder what that might look like for you. Of course, it's not just about a Sunday. It's about every day of the week. It's about how we do that in our work, at home, with our families, with our friends, with our neighbours. Of course, it does also mean church. We've heard the needs already this evening. What might that look like for you? What might a life of service look like for you? And of course, it's not just service, is it? It's loving service. I purposefully, even though it didn't begin with S, because that would have been and that would have been weird. um, I needed that word. We need that word loving, because that's what it's about, isn't it? We're not forced to serve. We do it because we love Jesus, and we want to live as he did. So that's the first thing. In Jesus, we see service. We see a servant who came to serve others. But secondly, the next word, the one I forgot to begin with, is intimacy. Now, you might see the word intimacy and think, I don't like that word. Yeah, I just don't like it. Um, Maybe because you struggle with it. And for some of us, um, it has difficult memories. It has unhelpful connotations. Um, Actually, yesterday we had a day with um, Living Out and Ed Shaw was speaking and um, uh, uh, really worth reading his books. And The Plausibility Problem is great. And in that book, he talks about the fact that he once Googled the word intimacy. And um, don't do it, that's that's all I'm saying. He he Googled the word intimacy and um, 99% of the results of his search were about sex. That shows us what the world thinks of intimacy. Someone said to me yesterday, actually, that the intimacy we find in Jesus is, is very different from the intimacy that we, we find in, in a marriage um, or in the way we think about it. That's so true. Because what we find is that we have a narrow understanding of intimacy. But if the word gets in your way, then think of it like this. Think of it as knowing Jesus deeply and growing to know him even more deeply. And I want to suggest that life, God's way, involves getting to know him. And the best way, of course, is to know Jesus, is to know the life. Later in John 14, um, where Jesus says those words, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says these words, and they'll be on the screen as well. He says, I and the Father are one. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Just think about that for a moment. If we know Jesus, therefore we know the Father as well. And of course, you know what I'm going to say, because if I'm going to start talking about getting to know Jesus, you know when we want to get to know someone better, when we need to get to know someone better, what do we need to do? We need to spend time with them. (laughs) It's a pretty obvious statement really, isn't it? But I don't know about you, but sometimes I find that really hard. It's much easier when it's someone in a room with me, but when I start thinking about growing my relationship with Jesus, it's, it's much harder. And I find myself, instead of opening the Bible on my phone, which is not a good way to do it, actually, it's much better to have a book, really, um, I find myself going on Wordle or Facebook or whatever it might be. Note to self, read the Bible in a book form. It might help me. But it's true, isn't it? It's a hard relationship to grow, But those of us who know Jesus and spend time getting to know him know that the more we know him, (laughs) the better it is. And the more we want to know him. And that is what intimacy is at its heart, isn't it? It's knowing someone deeply as they know us. Because don't forget, Jesus knows you and he loves you and he wants to grow that relationship with you. Even when there are things that you'd wish he didn't know about you, he still knows you. And wants you to know him better as well. And so, if Jesus is the life, then getting to know him intimately is the way to go, to have life God's way. Knowing Jesus means knowing the Father. And surely, the more we know him, the more we experience life in him as well. Another of Jesus' sayings actually is, I am the vine. And then he says, remain in me, and I in you, and you will bear much fruit. So how might you remain in him? And of course, remaining in him isn't sort of just sitting there and not doing anything. It's bearing fruit. It's an active remaining. And of course, his intimacy with Jesus is is just a foretaste of what's to come. You may uh, think back to, to moments when you just really recognize that You're in God's presence. That is a foretaste of what is to come. And in those moments, it's encouraging, isn't it? When we have those moments and we think, Yes, God, you're with me. But intimacy is also about relationship with others. Yesterday at the Living Out Day, we were reminded um, that as Christians, we're part of the body of Christ. And we can have intimacy with our friends. And with those around us. Because actually, when we live um, with one another around us, we are living Jesus' life as Jesus' body. That is also intimacy. Okay, moving on. Uh, next one is fullness. And um, When we get to this one, um, we see it very easily in that passage from John 10, don't we? Um, Jesus came to bring life in all its fullness. Other versions say he came to... Um, Um, bring life, abundant life. But he said these words that are on the screen. He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But a bit like when we think about the word intimacy, when we start thinking about having life to the full, we can find ourselves thinking of that in, in a worldly way. You know, in the world we can think of abundant life and it, it, we can often see it as what we get, the stuff that we have, um, whether that might be the, the good food that we might enjoy or, or going out and having a few, more, few too many glasses of wine or whatever it might be or something that we might see as a little bit more superficial. Or it might be that we think of life to the full and it's all about, you know, our relationship status and how many children we've got or don't have and things like that. And of course, those things, nothing wrong in any of those things. But that isn't what the fullness of life Jesus is talking about is. We almost need to change our mindset on what it means to live life in its fullness. Because we know, we look at scripture and we see that faith in Jesus doesn't mean we get everything that we want or everything will be perfect. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And even when we look at the queen, for example, you know, she would have not had a problem getting the food she needed or wanted or anything like that. She was the queen of England. But, of course, she didn't really have a say in the job that she had. She didn't have a say in that. She just did it. And she did it till she was 96. But she did it with joy because I'm sure she knew life in all its fullness because of Jesus. And actually, when we look at this passage, when we look at the passage from John 10, we, we see life in its fullness is about life now as well as in eternity. There's an image in this passage, in these two verses that are on the screen, that, um, of the sheep coming in and going out and finding pasture. And that reminds us that in Jesus, we find someone who provides, who gives us what we need We see that, don't we, in the Good Shepherd in um, Psalm 23, that he makes them lie down in green pastures. He leaves them beside quiet waters. He provides a a table in the presence of their enemies. And then in the New Testament, Jesus uh, provides them their daily bread, or the living water. So what we find in life in Jesus is a flourishing We know we're safe. We know that we will receive what we need from him. And that's a real contrast, isn't it, when we look at the thief in this passage. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Yet in Jesus, the good shepherd, we find life. Life in abundance, pasture, the opposite of being destroyed, And as I think about that, I think about the fact that in Jesus we find life to the full. So the opposite of that, life without Jesus, rather than being full, is empty. In Jesus we find life to the full without Jesus. It's thin and empty. So one example um, I, I can give on this is from my own personal experience as someone who um, is single, and for many years, I really struggled with that, and it's not like I don't ever struggle now. There are times, um, but one person once gave me that verse from Philippians about being content in, every, in any situation, any circumstance, and um, there it is on the screen, and um, when they gave it to me, I wanted to throw it back at them, if I'm honest. Don't tell me to learn to be content, um, but I gradually found God working on me, to realize that I could be content in him. I didn't need stuff. I didn't need a relationship to have any of those things. It's through Jesus I receive the strength I need. And it's through Jesus that I can find the contentment I need. That is the secret. He is the secret. So it might be this evening that you are um, thinking, oh, am I? D- can I do that? Do I live this fullness of life, or maybe you're thinking, actually, my attitude is more to the stuff, and things like that, well, let's um, recognise that in Jesus, we can have fullness of life, but let's ask him to change our mindset on what that is, and what that looks like. Finally, um, of course, in Jesus, we find life in eternity. We can't ignore that, can we? You know, if Jesus is the life, then what he shows us is the way to eternity. In him, we find life in eternity, not just for now, but in eternity. And what I want to say to us this evening is what we really need to do, isn't it, is to look up. So often we find ourselves looking down at our lives, don't we, and sort of trying to keep going, going through the daily trudge. Um, just finding life really difficult. And let's face it, it's really hard at the moment, isn't it? All this stuff going on around us. But I challenge you and I encourage you, look up. Look up to what Jesus has won for you on the cross in his resurrection. Because if you believe and trust in Jesus, you will rise and will be with him in eternity. Towards the end of that passage in John 10, Jesus says that he um, came to lay down his life only to take it up again. And in that reading in Philippians 2, we saw that beautiful image of Jesus um, rising and every tongue confessing who he is and worshipping him. Jesus showed us that life in eternity is possible. In his death and his resurrection, he broke the curse of death and he opened up a way To eternal life. In the message version of this passage in John 10, it says this I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I think that's a really helpful way of thinking of it. So look up, look up. Actually, look up there. That reminds you that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. So how do we find life in Jesus? We find it through loving service as we live the way Jesus did, with his mindset. We find it through intimacy with him and his people. We find it through knowing the Father as um, through knowing Jesus. We we, We find it through knowing the fullness of life that Jesus offered through contentment, and we find it through the hope of eternity which impacts how we live now and so if Jesus is the life then this is true life not a, a worldly life but a life with the hope of eternity in relationship with Jesus loving him and serving him and others and what Jesus says is follow me at the start I mentioned some words from the archbishop here he these are the words again. Jesus, who in our reading does not tell his disciples how to follow, but who to follow, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Her late majesty's example was not set through her position or her ambition, but through whom she followed. So who do you follow? If it's Jesus, then this is the life available to you. If it's not, well, why not think about it? Come and find out more through Alpha. But Let's hold on to the life that we can find in Jesus. Let's pray. as we uh, think about the life that we find in Jesus, who is the life. just want to give us each space just to uh, thank Jesus for who he is and what he has enabled for us, that we can have hope, that we can have contentment because of who he is. So maybe something particular for you to thank God for In this moment, I'll just leave a moment of quiet. Heavenly Father, I pray for each one of us here this evening, whatever uh, we are facing. Lord, we recognize that these are difficult times that we're in. So we ask that you would help us to look up, to see you, to be reminded of what we find in you. And I pray for anyone here this evening who is uh, particularly struggling at this time. Pray for anyone who really doesn't uh, feel like they have any contentment in their life, recognises that they need uh, fullness in you. Lord, would you come alongside them this evening? Would you bring your peace? A real sense of your presence with them. Father, for each one of us, thank you for what you have done. Help us to live lives this week that serve you and worship you. Help us to uh, live lives that acknowledge who you are. Help us to have your mindset this week. In Jesus' name, amen.